Welcome to the Classroom to Boardroom podcast. If you are a teacher or administrator looking to change careers, you are in the right place. There can be many reasons an educator is ready to leave the classroom. Boredom, burnout, pressure from parents and administrators, the list goes on and on. If you are ready to move on from teaching, there are many roles in which you can use your teacher skill set to have a positive social impact and set yourself up for a fulfilling and rewarding career. Now, let's meet your host, Carrie Conover. Carrie is a veteran educator and EdTech corporate leader turned founder and CEO. So grab your notepad because your new journey outside the classroom starts right now. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the Classroom to Boardroom podcast. Today, I have a success story that you are going to love. The best way I can summarize it is the person I'm about to interview now works in sales for an education company you definitely know. And when this person came to Classroom to Boardroom, I never would have guessed sales for them. And they would have never guessed sales for themselves. But guess what? Sales was a match made in heaven with my guest, Olivia, today. We'll get to that in one second, but I just want to let you know that if you have not listened to the first episode of this new season of the Classroom to Boardroom podcast, our third season, I'm going to ask you to pause this podcast and go back and start there. This year, I am focusing classroom to boardroom, everything we do around these seven stages that I believe a teacher or educator goes through when they are transitioning out of the classroom. Quickly, I'll just share those with you. They are contemplation, decision-making, exploration, fear, action, belief, and results. And I am basing everything we do on classroom to boardroom this year around those kind of seven pillars. So if you haven't listened to the episode that came out on January 10th, please go listen to that episode now and then come back to this success story. Within these pillars, the, the first stage that I think most teachers go through is a stage I call contemplation. And when it's when an educator realizes, hey, I'm not totally satisfied or totally happy or totally fulfilled in the role that I'm currently in, and they first recognize that unsettling feeling, that unhappiness, and then they start wondering about other options that are out there for them and are dreaming of what that change could look like. And so I want you to really pay attention in this success story interview with Olivia about at the beginning of her journey, this contemplation stage where she recognizes she wasn't totally unhappy, but she knew it was time to think about more in her career. So today in this interview, I not only want you to hear the success story, I want you to really hone in on that first stage that I think teachers go through, which is what I call the contemplation stage. Today, I have a very, very special guest, one of my first classroom to boardroom students, Olivia Luwaji. She is a former teacher that um, now works as an education specialist at a company you all know, Scholastic Learning. She is a passionate educator. She's passionate about reading. She loves talking about education. And now she has gone from teacher to working at an education company Thank you so much, Olivia, for being here today. 
Carrie, thank you so much for having me. It's so great to connect with you. I feel like it's been a little while since um, we've had a chance to speak. So it is so, so great to be able to um, to catch up with you tonight and to be able to talk about Classroom to Boardroom. Well, you know, you hold a special place in my heart because you were one of my first Classroom to Boardroom students. <laughs> and I knew Classroom to Boardroom was going to work and I knew it was good. But there's kind of a trio of you. You, Marjorie, and Jessica were like the first three that got jobs out of Classroom <laughs> Boardroom. And I'm like, this works, this works. But before we start talking about all of that, could you just give our listeners a general story of your career and your background? Sure. So I um, graduated from Marquette University. And while at Marquette, I studied um, both education and communication studies. Um And during my time in college, I always thought that it would be so neat to one day tie both of my degrees together. Um, I had no idea what that would look like, but as I was going through my classes, I really had a passion for both, a passion for education and a passion for communication studies, um, where I had the opportunity, you know, to work with clients um, and to share knowledge about a particular, you know, topic with um, a larger audience. And so I kept that idea in the back of my pocket. Um, I student taught in first grade um, my last year, uh, my senior year at college. I loved first grade. And so I knew when I started to apply for teaching roles um, that I wanted to stay somewhere in the primary grade level. Um, I never thought that I would teach kindergarten, but an opportunity came up. And as soon as I went through the interview process and got to meet with some of my, um, some of the teachers that were going to be on my team, I became super excited about kindergarten. And I have to say, um, teaching kindergarten was a very, very special time for me. I was in the classroom for five years. I truly loved getting to know the families that I worked with and my colleagues, but I have to say that two things stuck out to me during my time as a teacher. Um, I found myself loving teaching phonics and reading, and I also had um, a deep love for going to professional development sessions, which I know not every teacher enjoys getting to do that, or, you know, they can be long days, but... I always loved going and learning about um, new curriculum, new technology. So um, about after my third year of teaching, I, you know, I kind of kept thinking about these thoughts that were coming through my mind of, man, I, you know, I really love, um, you know, the time that I have in the classroom where I'm watching students learn how to identify single sounds and eventually blend them together and make words. And I also really love Um, sitting down with my team every Thursday and going over lesson plans and explaining and sharing ideas about how we can best implement the curriculum that we've been given, you know, to teach our students. Um, So I started thinking about it a little bit. And year four, same thing, those same thoughts kind of kept coming up on my heart. And by year five, I remember telling my husband, I was like, I think I'm going to start to look at what other opportunities are out there um, within the education field. I have no idea, you know, if there is anything or how I would even get there, but I just want to start looking. 
And so it was the spring of my fifth year of teaching. I started Googling, you know, jobs outside of the classroom. And um, the more and more that I searched, I just found my heart filled with excitement for some of these, some of these roles. Um, and so I, I was so excited to explore, but I felt kind of stuck at the same time. Um, you know, every time I would read a, read a job description, I would be like, yes, this is what I want to do. Like, this is exactly what's in my heart. But I didn't exactly know how to express that to others and um, exactly know like what to do with those thoughts. So it was an evening in May, and I was on the phone with one of my very dear friends, also now a classroom to boardroom graduate. And she called me up and she said, Olivia, she's like, I know someone who um, who has a program called Classroom to Boardroom, and the program is designed to help teachers find a job outside of the classroom. And I remember turning to my friend and being like, are you reading my mind? Because like this is exactly like what I've been thinking about, and I just don't know how to get from here to there. So she quickly shared your information with me, Carrie, and... I immediately like Googled your name and like found classroom to boardroom and within 24 hours I was signed up. <laughs> that so is awesome. I, I actually have forgotten about because that was Lexi, right? Yes. Yes. That is crazy because okay, we just kind of have to tell this story. So <laughs> yes. many of you know that I am an avid tennis player and when I started my own business. I started playing competitive tennis again. Like I, I am on a travel tennis team. Like every week we travel to different clubs and play and that's a whole other thing. But on my, in my tennis program is a woman who her daughter's name is Lexi and she was a teacher. And so Lexi's the one that told you about me because she knew through her mom, right? Like, that's so funny. And then Lexi, just recently came back around and also took classroom to boardroom and also just got a job uh, working with you, which is just yes. so crazy. I mean, I, I had forgotten that's how the intro was um, and how all the dots were connected. Um, so what a crazy, crazy timeline there. So I want to pause you for a second because this is a question I always ask every guest. Did you feel guilty about leaving? I did. Carrie, at first, I felt a sense of guilt because I felt, you know, for the longest time, I felt teaching was my calling. And, you know, everyone knew me as a teacher. I It was something that I wanted to do ever since I was a little girl. I, you know, I remember playing school in the basement. My mom um, was a teacher. And so for the longest time, you know, teaching had been my dream. Um, so I did feel guilty in the sense that I was leaving my calling. However, um, as soon as I started researching jobs outside of the classroom and, you know, reading the the job descriptions, I found that so much of what these jobs entailed were areas of focus that I did every day in the classroom, Um, meaning that the skills that were needed and the, you know, the job duties, so much of that was what I was already doing in the classroom. So, that made me feel 10 times better. And I was like, you know, the, 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 the outlines here that I'm seeing are exactly what I want to do. And so being able to do that in a new way, in a new light, in a new environment made me really excited. So I think 
seeing that information helped me feel less guilty and uh, made me really excited to take the next step forward. Well, and I also, I, I felt guilty at the beginning, but like looking back, I don't feel guilty at all. Like I gave 10 years of my life. You gave five years of your life to teaching. And I do remember, I was chuckling, like I played school in my basement, I think all the way through middle school. And the funny thing is I didn't even get my undergrad in teaching. I went back and got my master's so I could teach. But my point is, is that I think that, you know, especially with the teacher shortage right now, everyone's so scared about the teacher shortage, but it's okay. Like you can do something for five or 10 years or 15 years and then be like, okay, I'm done doing that thing. It doesn't mean it bothers me a little bit that society thinks like, I call them the Apple handcuffs that like, once you're a teacher, you're never allowed to leave. And that's just, right. you know, you know, that's a whole other complex <laughs> subject. But <laughs> I do think that a lot of times when you're a really um, successful and talented teacher, a lot of the things that make you a successful and talented teacher are what would make you a really good salesperson or customer success person and um, all the various roles. So um, tell us a little bit about, um, so you talked about joining classroom to boardroom and, you know, that process. Can you talk a little bit about maybe how you grew in classroom to boardroom and then what you think, like looking back on your new career so far, how do you think you've grown and changed the most? Sure. Um, so as I began, I remember like with, you know, within 24 hours, I signed up for classroom to boardroom and that following weekend, like I was so excited to dive right into like module one. <laughs> and so I, I have to say, Carrie, that the modules within classroom to, to boardroom provided me with so much knowledge about different opportunities. Um, and the different areas that you could go into. Again, you know, I was researching these jobs on my own, but I didn't exactly know what area they all fell into. And so um, the modules really helped me to see um, all the different fields that I could go into. Um, and I have to say that the vocabulary that you provided for us in the modules was so, so helpful. It was so helpful when it came time for interviews. Um, I would use my little notebook and reference the vocabulary that I learned, you know, when the person interviewing me would throw out an acronym and I would be able to understand, you know, what they were talking about. Um, so the vocabulary that I learned was just amazing. And actually, I still use my little notebook from classroom to boardroom today because I still use the vocabulary that's in there. Um, even in my, my new job now, um, I reference that vocabulary. And so I grew in my knowledge of the ed tech field, the ed tech world. Um, and I was able to take that knowledge that I gained and apply it to, you know, to where I am now. Like I said, um, you know, before joining Classroom to Boardroom, I had no idea what CRM meant. And now, you know, I use Salesforce, our, that's our customer relationship management tool that we use. And, you know, I'm able to reference the concepts and the terminology that I used in Classroom to Boardroom. So Classroom to Boardroom, I refer to it as like my stepping stone to where I, to where I am today. Um, the knowledge that I learned, the interview um, help, and just growing with the classroom to boardroom community. You know, when we met and did our group sessions, we shared, you know, tips and tricks on resumes and interview help and 
all of that helped form who I am today. Um, and I still use the same skills, you know, that I, that I learned from classroom to boardroom in my day-to-day job now. Um, I remember Carrie calling you for the first time I had an interview and I was like, Carrie, I have an interview. Like, what do I do? Can you like walk me through? And I still remember the advice that you gave me. And, um, I still have my pearls and red lipstick, by the way. <laughs> okay, we're going to get to that, but I have to judge you for a second. Because I remember when you said you were prepping for the interview, and I think you showed me or told me that you had like a binder, a notebook with all the vocab. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to make a workbook. So you inspired me. I made a hundred page digital workbook that goes with the course now. Cause I'm like, everybody needs this in their back pocket. But you were also one of the people that listened to the modules over and over again so that you knew it. And it, it's interesting. I have a new leaderboard in classroom to boardroom. We didn't do this when you were um, part of the cohort, but every month for our monthly get together and coaching call, I say who the leaderboards are, like who's completed the most of the course. And when I pull the data and I can pull it and sort it from, you know, who's completed all of it down to who's completed like none of the coursework. What's interesting is that the people at the top are the people with jobs. So like yeah. it pulls all the historical data of everyone that's ever taken it. And the people that have gotten jobs are the people at the top. And so I always tell the members like the magic is in, you know, building a strong relationship with me, but it's in the coursework. Like I spent yes. <laughs> blood, sweat and tears giving that knowledge. So I'm glad that helped you so much. Um, let's shift and talk a little bit about those pearls and red lipstick. So <laughs> you purchased a one-on-one coaching call with me when you were going into your interview with Scholastic. And I'll never forget, it was, um, it was like kind of a gray day. We were talking later in the day. And one of the first things we talked about is how are you going to present yourself to the camera? How are we? So I remember we broke down your job description, the job description, and really started thinking through like, you know, your answers for interview questions based on your history. But we did talk about pearls and red lipstick. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. I do remember we'd gone through all like the logistics of the job. And then you're, and then um, you're like, I also have some advice on, you know, you know, we want to make you, because again, I only taught for five years in the classroom. And so I am still, you know, rather new in my, in my career. Um, and so you're like, I think I know the perfect, like finishing touches to add to your outfit, pearls and red lipstick. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Those are like my confidence boosters. So ever since that conversation, I would always wear my pearls and red lipstick for any interview that I did. (laughs) Well, and I remember saying, because the one job, um, that we were looking at in that session repeated over and over again that they needed someone to be like super poised and seem experienced. I can't remember what the vocabulary was, but really professional. So I wanted you to really look kind of buttoned up and pulled together because you're so articulate. I knew you would nail that part, but I didn't want them to look and be like, oh, you only taught kindergarten for five years. You're so young. I wanted you to seem experienced so that they would like, you know, not they would look past that and and say like, wow, this woman has a lot of knowledge. So uh, whether it's pearls or red lipstick, I just think it's like putting your best foot forward in these interviews in the way you look, in the way you talk, in your energy. Um, so I'm glad that worked out. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about, okay, so you've had two different roles at Scholastic. So can you tell us those two different roles? And then talk to us a little bit about like your day-to-day responsibilities. 
Sure. So when I, I had applied to Scholastic, um, you know, last year, and it was, I applied for a full-time position, actually, and when I received the email um, back from them, it was actually regarding a temporary role. And I remember reaching out to you, Kira. I think you may have been in Florida at the time. And it was like, I don't want to bother her, but I have to share this news. Um, they emailed me back about an interview for a temporary role um, on the Classroom Magazine team. And Kira, I remember you took time out of your day to write me back. And you said, Olivia, like, you know, I would go for it, give it your all, work hard, you know, and just put your best foot forward because you never know what can come out of an opportunity like this. And so I took your advice, Carrie, and I was on the magazine team um, for the first, it was a three month position. And at the end of the uh, my third month, um, there were some additional job postings in the company for full-time positions. And I remember reaching out to the HR manager asking if I would be able to, or if I would be eligible to apply to one of the full-time positions. And she had gotten back to me and said yes. And so I applied for a position on the education team. Um, and that is where I'm currently at. Um, so I went from working on the magazine team where we focused on um, renewing classroom magazines for schools, um, in addition to, you know, trying to get new business as well. And then I transitioned over to the education team where our focus is more so on classroom instructional materials. So I have the opportunity each day to work with principals and superintendents um, to have conversations with them about their pain points, um, what's working for them, what's not working from that for them. And ultimately, my job is to help find a solution to help support their teachers and students in whatever initiative or goal they may have. Um, so I work really closely with principals and superintendents, having conversations with them about, you know, what are their goals? What are their, what are their initiatives? What are they currently using? And where do they see gaps where I can come in and provide a resource, whether it would be, um, you know, a classroom library collection, professional learning for their teachers, um, small group instructional material, or even books to send home with students to help students build their at-home library. So um, I have the, the privilege and the opportunity to work with school districts on reaching their, you know, their literacy, literacy initiatives and their literacy goals. That's amazing. Wow. And I, can we just talk about the fact that how many times have you heard me say this? And I say it all the time, teachers in transition, your first job may or may not be your ideal job, but you've got to get that first job and get that on your resume. Right. And whether Olivia had taken that magazine job and then that ended and she didn't have the opportunity to continue full-time she would have had a leg up in so many ways looking for a full-time position outside of scholastic so i say it all the time i mean don't get desperate but if you can get that first job and stay there a year 18 months even a few months if it's temporary i love contract positions go for it be brave and take the job (laughs) yes I remember that's exactly what you told me Carrie and like as soon as I got the email back from you I was like okay I'm doing this I'm in (laughs) um 
Well, and you mentioned a little bit too about the group meetings. This is where you hear me say a lot of the same things over and over again. <laughs> but those group coaching calls, we really are, we become friends. We become a yeah. community. Um, and I am still close with a lot of the people who started Classroom to Boardroom and are, all, and are out working. And many of you are going to hear those uh, talented individuals on the podcast this season. Um, when we talk, think about your role, can you talk to us a little bit of some of the soft skills required in your role? And then maybe tell us about some of the different hard skills required in your role. So regarding um, soft skills, I would say that um, it's definitely important to be a good listener, uh, to have good communication, um, good communication skills, and also to be time oriented. So when I call a customer, again, whether it be a principal or a superintendent or a curriculum specialist, um, I have to be able to listen closely and carefully to their needs, um, their pain points, you know, what they're looking at so that I can then provide a solution that will actually be able to meet their needs and, you know, and that they can have success. So um, it's really important that I that I listen closely and carefully uh, to my customers. And then the second part of that is having good communication where I can share the products that I sell. Um, I need to be able to share what the product is and how it will benefit them. Oftentimes, if, you know, a principal doesn't know about the value of the product, um, it can be easy for them to to turn away and, you know, not have as much interest in what I am selling. So it's important for me to be able to convey the value of the product that I am selling to them. And then with that in mind, um, it's very important that I am time oriented. Um, most times a principal won't, you know, purchase a product on the first phone call that we have. So I will set a callback with them. And, and sometimes it can be many callbacks. Um, so I need to keep track of my call log, um, who I talk to, uh, when the next phone call conversation will be, and then also whether sometimes, you know, the customer will, will request um, a Google Meet or a Zoom session. So I need to make sure that I stay on top of my appointments and my calls because that's ultimately how I get, you know, my sales and how we get business. So it is important for me to be time-oriented, um, you know, without throughout my day, but with answering emails, answering phone calls, and then being proactive and reaching out on my own to customers and setting up those appointments. Wow. Just listening to you, I, I'm just, it's, it is amazing how far you've come in a year. Um, and, and, and whoever thought like, I think, so you're technically in sales, correct? Under yes. the sales umbrella. And like, I think a lot of people, especially teachers are like, oh, there's no way I could ever do sales. And I bet you probably thought that you weren't a salesperson, but like, that's the difference between selling. There's a difference between selling, you know, used cars and selling education tools that are going to make classrooms better. Exactly. No, I never would have pictured myself in sales, but Carrie, I absolutely love it. I, I find it so fun to engage with customers. Um, you know, in a way it's like consulting where I'm listening, you know, to their needs and being able to provide a solution. And ultimately these solutions are helping students. And that was one of the main reasons why I became a teacher in the first place. So I still feel like I'm, 
getting to help students and teachers every single day, which really is my passion and my dream. So I feel like I'm living, I feel like I'm living my, my best dream. <laughs> well, what advice do you have for teachers who are looking to transition into a role at an education company? Very, very similar to your advice, Carrie. I, I just say go for it. Um, so many education companies need teachers' input and need teachers' knowledge in order to successfully run, you know, run their business. Um, you know, I use my teaching experience, my teaching background on a day-to-day basis. And I even tell my customers, you know, I was a former teacher, so I totally understand where you're coming from. And just sharing with them my understanding, it's that is such a great relationship builder for me with my customers because I can relate to what they're going through. I've been there. I understand what it's like to be, you know, in their shoes. And so my advice would be to keep moving forward, keep applying. And I used to think of it as this, every application, every interview that I did, every afternoon that I would spend time researching different jobs and different roles is a stepping stone to your final destination. Um, and so even though the journey may seem long, um, keep your head up high because there are so many education companies out there that need you. Oh, that's amazing advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. And (laughs) I just ask you if you have any final thoughts or advice before we sign off here on today's episode. I just want to say, Carrie, um, you and the Classroom to Boardroom community will forever hold a special place in my heart. Um, You and the community have formed who I am today. And I just encourage anyone who is thinking about leaving the classroom to give Classroom to Boardroom a chance because I feel all the tools and the knowledge that I now carry in my pocket um, were gained from attending the classroom to boardroom group sessions and um, by going through the modules. And so I definitely 100% hands down um, would say join classroom to boardroom because you truly will receive the tools that you need uh, to make the transition forward. It's like, I want to sing that song. You've got a friend in me. (laughs) I think that's Toy Story, right? But the truth (laughs) is, is you do have a friend in me. And through going through this process, I get to know everyone. And um, I'm here for you, Olivia, no matter where your career journey takes you. um, I hope you stay at Scholastic for a long, long time. (laughs) But I'll be here for you through the rest of your career. It's not just a short-term partnership. So thank you for those kind words. And thank you so much for taking your time to be here with us. If you are interested in taking classroom to boardroom, you can learn more about the course and all the courses that I teach at carryconover.com. Olivia, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the classroom to boardroom podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, thanks for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Classroom to Boardroom podcast.